This is the EPLOG audio experience. Namaste and hello. My name is Yashika and I'm the founder and CEO of Voice of Achievers from India. Voice of Achievers brings a hub of inspiring and seldom heard voices of entrepreneurs, professionals, creatives and almost all doers who've dared to walk a tough road. Diving deep into their personal journeys, Voice of Achievers traces their learning curve and shares instrumental lessons learned both personally and professionally. From heart-crushing disappointments to passionate resilience, listen to the stories of these achievers in their own voices. Learn what sacrifices they made, odds they dared, and how they found the inspiration to continue on the paths they chose. Hello and welcome to another episode of Voice of Achievers. Training and skill building have been the core of employee development and directly or indirectly contribute to business development. Our guest today, Ms. Pallavi Jha, is the chairperson of Dale Carnegie Training India, an organization that represents the first corporate face of training in India and is dedicated to performance enhancement, development solutions across leadership, communication, interpersonal skills, sales management, team management, e-learning, and executive coaching, to name a few. Ms. Jha comes with a diverse experience across various management practices in training and development, human resources, consulting, and business restructuring. She has held offices of the chairperson for Maharashtra Council and been the skill development committee for the Confederation of Indian Industry. She's also an active contributor for various magazines. Ms. Jha talks to us today about training in the age of millennials. Welcome to the show, Ms. Jha. Pleasure to be here, Yashika. Thank you for having me. I'm going to begin with a quote from Dale Carnegie. Knowledge isn't power until it's applied. Talking of training and skill building in this regard, how does one apply the skills that have been picked up on the job before getting comfortable in the grind? Yeah, so I think that's a very topical quote that you've actually picked up. And uh, Dale Carnegie, I would say the original gurus of the self-improvement industry about 107 years ago, he started his practice and wrote that famous book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which almost shaped the American society, as yeah. the history says. The truth of the matter is, especially in India, we have been people who are focused on achieving hard skills. We like our children to become engineers and doctors and accountants and lawyers. But in all of these, we have to learn how to apply our skills to be successful. So it's the same, you know, story continues in the workplace is that you can be extremely knowledgeable. You can be one of those brightest R&D scientists that coming up with the best breakthrough invention that can change the marketplace forever. But if Mm -hmm. you don't have the ability to actually communicate that and get people to buy into your concept, that really doesn't get you far. So that simply tells you that it's not just about having the knowledge, but the ability to actually apply it and then take it one step forward is once you apply it and you develop something, whether it's an idea or a concept or a strategy or a plan, you have to get somebody else to buy into it to make it successful. So you need a little bit of an additional communication skill and a persuasion skill to make that work for you. Street smartness, I'd say. 
Yeah, absolutely. You got to be street savvy. I would street smart sometimes is seen as word where you're looking at a quick gain. But mm. yeah, to to be street savvy, to be able to make sure that whatever you do isn't just one theoretical idea, but you want to make it practical. You want to make it work. Then you have to work with people who can help you get there. But with so many courses or certifications that are available online, professionally and personally, there are so many opportunities where one can learn online. What's the best way to approach training in that sense? You know, I think it's a wonderful trend that there is so much available online to learn. It's what I call as democratization of learning. There's things available for every, you know, budget, every wallet size, every interest. Mm-hmm. Now, the way I look at it is online is a great medium to get familiar with a subject, figure out how deeply interested you really are in that. So it's a great starting point, though there are many courses that are even more advanced. And the advanced courses are particularly effective uh, on on stuff what we call as knowledge-driven courses. But when it comes to skills, and I, I differentiate between knowledge and skills, So there is the theory of something and then there is the application of something. And when it comes to soft skills, I think online can only introduce you to the ideas, but you have to get offline and in real world and start practicing the skills. Now, what kind of skills exist? I mean, swimming is a skill, uh, but so is leadership a skill. So is communication a skill. So is negotiation a skill. And those things happen when you actually practically start practicing them And then if you have an expert who coaches you and gives you further guidance. So there's a lot of action learning that's required in a skill. Now, since you brought it up, there are, of course, knowledge-driven courses and skill-driven courses. And research says that it takes about 21 days to completely practice and pick up a skill to make uh, something a habit. Surely. Make, sure. So in that case, how does one work around this at a professional level when one is already in the grind and on the job? So I'll tell you how we at Dil Carnegie approach this. There are two ways we have of delivering our programs. One, our classical methodology is what we call as the time-spaced programs. And these are really maybe half a day or a one day a week. And every week you complete this course over eight weeks or 12 weeks. That's our classical methodology. And that's, so that's what our core approach to training is. What it allows you is to actually learn something in the classroom practice it in a classroom environment the coach is coaching you and then during the week you actually have to go and apply it and you come back the next session and you report it and you get further coaching on what you could have done better and then over a period of 8 weeks you actually are able to master something into making it a habit for you so that really becomes a skill that's well honed the other way of course is sometimes given the constraints of time and availability we do have maybe two days and three day programs what we call as seminars but then we do have our trainers actually spending more time with them after the two or three days saying give us a real example when you're actually going to apply this at work suppose for instance you choose to do a presentation skills program our trainer will inquire as to when will be your next opportunity to deliver a presentation it is offline or you know personal coaching over the phone and things like that that our trainer will actually handhold you till you actually get a real life experience that you feel satisfied with and that's really the approach we take to make something a habit for our participants of course so what i take out of this is that a mentor or a coach is essential 
Yes, I think I mean even Sachin Tendulkar needed a coach in in cricket, <laughs> right? So a coach for any skill is a given, especially if you are learning something. I mean, you can always be a prodigy and figure things out on your own. And then there are some people who are quicker learners and some people who are slower learners. So it depends on what kind of input you need. But yes, sometimes you need an expert. a coach will tell you how to do something better i'm going to ask you five professional and five personal skills to thrive in 2019 so by professional do you mean hard skills technical skills or or are you meaning including soft skills including soft skills okay so i you've got to understand what the world looks like and the world today is the most popular term that the hr people use is the vuca world is vuca <laughs> stands for volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous that's really the reality of today's world it's it's extremely unpredictable there's a lot of disruption that happens and this disruption can happen on account of say technology can happen on account of you know just like how suddenly there's a lot of talk about how artificial intelligence and machine learning and robotics is going to actually replace jobs and uh, there's a whole new you know discussion on what kind of new jobs will come in the future or there could be a policy related uh, disruption so give you an example demonetization was a disruptive policy uh, it affected your business a lot or change of guideline that suddenly either makes your product more expensive or less expensive or it opens up competition or it reduces competition these are things that government policies can impact it could be natural disasters things that you never imagined you know what happens if there's a huge tsunami and and because of climate change that is disrupting life and obviously business opportunities on a sustain you know slightly longer period than would have been otherwise right so the all these things that affect business so that's really your macro environment so what really as a business you need to really do is uh, about embracing disruption you've got to really be prepared at the back of your mind that there's going to be a uncertainty forcing uncertainty that might hit you from nowhere and be able to live with that volatility so i think uh, embracing and thriving in disruption is going to be one of the key characteristics for businesses which necessarily means that you have to be agile so agile corporations is really what everyone is talking about is how quickly can you pivot to the new reality and succeed in that environment which naturally then calls for making sure that there's a very strong learning and development approach because every time there's a change you got to learn something new and yes. so uh, you know continuous learning environment is what organizations have to offer mm-hmm. and at the end of the day it is people who's going to deliver you business uh, it is people who will take a decision on what's the algorithm that goes into an artificial intelligence program or in, into a robot or give that experience to your customers that will make your business thrive so in that classic question that uh, that is always asked of businesses is it customer first or employee first exactly. i stand on the side of employee first because if you treat your employees right they will in turn treat your customers right so really uh, focusing on the employee experience is important and in the middle of all of this it's really this uh, building a solid leadership so organizations cannot function without solid leadership because they are the ones who take decisions on the strategy the vision at what point in time the business needs inflection at what point in time you build a culture that embraces disruptions these are all decisions and the house of those decisions that leadership uh, develops so i would say these are the five things that businesses need to look at in terms of individuals at the personal level i think uh, what we will need to understand that uh, technology is going to take over all the administrative work for sure so the good news is all the painful job of our lives might get reduced 
uh, you know the the reporting the analytics the standard responses the, uh, you know those kinds of things might just get uh, things like scheduling you know programmable activities but what will therefore we will need to do we will need to do what robots can't do it means that we will have to be original thinkers critical thinking will be very important to us creativity will be very important so that would be one big aspect the other i believe is persuasion because finally it's about no matter how how great you are you really you really need to get others to buy into what you do so that is the other skill that you really need to uh, really be good at collaboration today's world allows for virtual teams people are in far flung uh, geographies but they operating as project teams they are operating in uh, collaborative teams uh, and therefore collaboration actually even inside the same geography even in the same office if you are in the same team uh, or cross team you know cross functional you have to be able to achieve collective goals yeah. and therefore ability to collaborate and this is becoming very important because you know in this world of millennial generation etc is very individualistic very often that becomes a very big skill some of us of the older generation actually grew up in a natural environment of collaboration but i think the newer generations have to really work on developing skills for collaboration and adaptability needless to say organizations have to be agile but so do individuals and the truth is there was a deloitte survey which mm. said that with the fast pace of change that's happening the half life of a skill is just 5 years so whether you are an accountant or a scientist or an engineer or a lawyer or whatever things are changing so fast that what you knew today will only take you far for another 5 years and 5 years later you need to know something new and different a uh, classic example for instance is you know till 2 years ago there were experts in excise duty and tax experts who had practices focused only on excise duty suddenly regulation changed and we moved to gst it's a completely new tax law extremely complex and people are suddenly jobless because that that all that knowledge and expertise they may have gained over 20 30 years and the reputation and practices they gained over 20 30 years is totally disrupted and uh, mm-hmm. so they have to quickly learn something new to stay relevant uh is the same happens in the it world i mean there's so much innovation on technology it changes so fast that what you know today will be irrelevant literally not even 5 years maybe 3 years from now so continuous learning and adaptability uh, is very very important and in the midst of all this i think a classical one is always time management so uh, you know to be able to uh, that's a perennial i think it's an evergreen one there will be always multiple demands on your time today we talk we don't anymore talk about work life balance we talk about work life integration because because of smartphones and laptops and everything we are frankly we may be at work but we are also checking our facebook accounts and we may be at home but we are also replying to emails it's almost like you're on tap 24 by 7 whether it's your personal life or it's your work life uh, so these you know multiple demands continuously you have to be even better and smarter at managing your time and prioritizing well so that's uh, and keeping at the back of our mind that the theory of multitasking has been debunked and we all know that multitasking is really the human brain doesn't allow you to do that we are not becoming multitaskers we just need to manage our time better to 
know what task we can do at a time so mm. that i can do multiple tasks over a period of time you know oh. so that's the new view i'm just going to dig slightly deeper on collaboration for remote teams now if teams are in the same area or in the same location team building activities or team outings they do the trick but considering there are remote teams how does one achieve collaboration in that sense you know virtual teams is such a such an interesting thing and i think it's sometimes a leader's nightmare but it can also become a leader's opportunity the thing about virtual teams is that you need to create a common purpose and a common goal and in del carnegie that works so beautifully you know we have operations in 90 countries we come from different cultures we come from different time zones but yet few of us will get together on a particular project or you know on a particular committee and then we will have to work on it we might meet just once a year but when we do meet there's so much that has happened already uh, together that there's a great sense of camaraderie great team spirit and we almost know each other and we are friends how is that actually achieved virtually when you're just meeting over a video conference maybe once a month or sometimes even once a quarter is yes. really first is create a very clear common goal you really need to have a common goal i i dare say this is the same for geographically together teams as much as it is for remote teams and the other piece is really frequent communication so it doesn't really have to be a video conference all all the time but even if you have a video conference once a month or once in a fortnight once a week depending on what the project is you really need to be in continuous conversation so the emails and the chats and all these kinds of tools come handy sharing continuous sharing as a leader you have to recognize so what happens in remote teams is i think there's a greater focus on work because you know this is your part of the work you have to deliver by this deadline difficult part is to create the team spirit and that is done by purely creating opportunities for continuous communication continuous alignment to a common goal and uh, virtually supporting each other in each other's areas you just need to up the frequency of it than you would have done offline shared goals yeah finally before we leave you what does achievement mean to you ha huh, good for me achievement has well there is one very easy uh, definition and then the my personal philosophical <laughs> approach to that the easy one is of course if you've set yourself a goal and you've achieved it that is achievement for me the achievement also is at a philosophical level discovering what you need to improve continuously on and whether or not you're improving on that so very often my personal philosophy is sometimes goals are set very often goals are set with a lot of ambiguity and question marks within the goal setting process because there is there are so many imponderables and you can't you can't really predict all the imponderables so there is always an if and a but or what can you do so we talk about critical success factors we talk about risks and so there are a lot of unknowns the question here is have you even if you finally miss a goal is it because of something that was done poorly or is it despite your trying your best efforts so for me at a level i think if you put in your best efforts you've been unsparing on yourself you will still have an achievement because you would have learned why you did not achieve the goal and there's a learning further from it so if you've been an agile team that has been responding continuously and improving your course at very quick intervals to get as close to your goal as possible for me that can also be a defined achievement it can be simplistic to say i'm supposed to achieve x i'm supposed to achieve 100 and i've achieved 100 so i'm a i'm an achiever but i may achieve 90 and it doesn't mean i'm a loser if i can see a continuous and fairly strong improvement in everything that i'm doing 
great thought and thank you for sharing your experiences both personal and professional with us thank you it was a pleasure talking to you thank you for listening if you like this podcast don't forget to subscribe to voice of achievers and share the link with your friends tune in for brand new episodes every sunday at 11 am stay updated and stay connected by following us on instagram at voice of achievers you may also send us guest suggestions or topics that you'd like us to cover with our guests by writing to us send out an email to editor at voiceofachievers.com with your name followed by your suggestion trust me we are listening and we cannot wait to share more such voices to empower you Thank you.